everybody and welcome to the McLeod Sorters podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jessica Kate. I am here with my co-host, Rachel Hauck, and we are two authors going episode by episode through Aussie TV drama, McLeod's Daughters. And today we are talking about episode 13 called Steer Trek, which is um, very, very apt to what happens in this episode. And uh, it came out on the 31st of July, 2002. And Rachel... Hello, how are you? Hello, darling. How are you? Steer Trek. Um, I like this episode. We we were chatting before the broadcast, and we we like um, this episode a lot. Then we have a, a few questions, as we always do. <laughs> but I enjoyed this one. I'm glad that you, you know me. I hate when I see animals suffer, so I was very glad that they were going to find these poor cattle some water and some grass. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It was a fun one. So the synopsis of this episode on IMDb says, with the drought continuing, um, one note there, they were in a drought. Did did we know that? I don't think I knew they were in a drought. They did have that fight over water a while ago, but I thought that was just like one dry summer. Yeah, I don't, because we don't know how much time passes. I don't know what, we don't know what year we're in. We don't know how much. So yes, we, we sort of knew. Okay. So with the drought continuing and no money to buy feed or trucking water, Claire, Tess, and Nick join forces like the drovers of old. They take their amalgamated herds out of the Gungellan track. Um, so let me jump over to my notes here. I do think, I think it's fun to like see the droving and stuff. Is this something that happens in America? Rachel, is this like, is the concept of droving cowboys? I don't know. Is that something people do? I'm sure it is. Probably. I don't know. Although I did <laughs> just read The Pioneer Woman's book called frontier follies and a collection of essays about ranching life in oklahoma mm. so i'm quite sure that they do something similar to this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i guess is that what's called like a cattle drive i don't know anyway yeah, we- driving's where you take the cows out they eat the grass on the side of the road and then they don't die well that's always helpful yep, it's helpful <laughs> so we open up episode 13 claire and nick are on horseback they're inspecting their cattle together they're both running out of feed um, they talk about how Harry can afford to truck in food and water, but they can't because they don't have the money that Harry does. And so they decide together that they're going to go droving and take both their herds out onto the road. And um, I was just telling Rachel about how Australia does have, you know, you're allowed to drive your cattle up along the road. They can eat the grass on the roadside. And there are also some passageways. I'm pretty sure they're called traveling stock reserves. Um, we had some where I lived before and, they're just, you know, the fences are sent way back off the road. So it's a really wide area. There's a lot of grass at the side of the road. And it's so that, you know, you could theoretically push cattle probably across the state and there's, you know, somewhat of a path for them to go. Um, and I mean, in the old days, people did this all the time. I think Sydney Kidman is a famous guy. My dad had a heart attack when he realised as a kid I didn't know who Sydney Kidman was because he's like a famous drover. He used to take cattle <laughs> across the country. He's like dad's personal hero for <laughs> being a legit driver and stuff <laughs> nice nice yeah. all that uh history and that so they're carrying on the tradition and while they're gone becky is going to be in charge and there's like a lot of this sets up like some uh you kind of see in the same scene here the three subplots of this um of this episode all get set up in the same like one minute so becky's left in charge Terry and Meg are both going on the on drove on the droving trip, and Alex is going to stay behind. And uh, he says he'll keep an eye on the sheep. And Tess says the alpacas will be fine. And he says 
all those bloody useless things, like, because he's always been making fun of the alpacas. So those three things we're just going to see through the next episode. And in fact, probably except for the Alex thing, the next couple of episodes, it, it keeps on going. And then I think our well, last I have shot a of- question. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. a question. Mm-hmm. Why is Terry going on this drive? Because he doesn't work for Claire or Nick. That he is a works. fantastic question that did not occur to me. <laughs> he works for he works Harry. For Harry and Nick made such a big deal about not going to Harry for help. So what yes. is Terry so, doing? So what's Terry doing? And Harry wouldn't give him up because they've got work to do on Killarney. No. And even if, like, you would think if Terry wanted Meg back, maybe he would have said, hey, Harry, I'm taking my holidays and I'm going to spend my right. holidays working for Nick. But he, like, as we're going to see later, the him and Meg have some honest conversations and that's not what's at play. So great question. I have no idea. Well, we know now he's in this because we want to have this conversation with Meg. Yeah. <laughs> not because <laughs> his boss moment. told him to go do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I like the last moment I think of this scene before it cuts to the opening titles is um, Nick and Tess are just on horseback together and laughing at each other. And it was just like a nice little, hmm, is, hmm that's interesting. It'll be interesting. Might see a bit more of that throughout the episode. Um, I'm making a face, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rachel is just, um, she's remembering the whole Tess and, and Alex thing and... <laughs> I feel like in story world, it was a long time ago. So I've kind of, it's easy to even almost forget that it happened, but. True, really. it is. But their brother still, it did happen whether it was last <laughs> year or whatever. And again, we have no idea how much time has passed. So we, it could have been last month for all we know. And is that a thing of the shows of this time? Because I like, what, two years ago, I think I decided to watch the X-Files for the first time. And I'd never seen it. My family is not into shows like that. And I saw it and I like, loved it 50% of because of what's in it but 50% of kind of laughing at it because it's like so early 90s I love looking at like what the world was like in the FBI in 1993 like there's not even internet the hair and the clothes and just the most ridiculous things can happen like I think he gets shot in one episode and the next episode he's fine like there is no continuity especially in that like later they get a bit of continuity but in the early ones, I mean, you could behead someone and the next episode their head would be back on their shoulders and every, no one would even mention it. And I was just like, <laughs> what is happening? Um, what is this what TV was like in the early 90s? I don't remember. I was two at the time. Like, what? I don't think oh so. I, I think that just probably the same thing we've talked a lot about this show is there's the writers and producers are still figuring out what the show's about. How are we going to characterize these people? What drama are we going to have? Because you look at shows like Cheers, Cosby, for us in the States anyway, super, super consistent. Friends, Frasier, both early 90s shows. Consistency is out the door. I was just talking to a friend today about it, how consistent those shows were. But you look at something for us back in the day, Dick Van Dyke show, super episodic, mm-hmm. like you're talking about from one thing to another. But then again, a show that just ended here that I loved, but kind of fell off the rails a little bit was last man standing with the comedian tim allen mm-hmm. the consistency of that show i actually felt like they had a set of writers writing these character storyline and another set of writers writing these character storyline and then they just spliced them together yeah. they're like what's happening here they're talking at night but they're talking in the middle of the afternoon so i just think it just depends on how much effort they put into it so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's interesting stuff yeah um so anyway 
in the episode, Jodie and Becky are um, in the office. Becky is really excited about being the boss. She's calling herself the lead station hand. She's very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Jodie, meanwhile, is just like snooping on Claire's emails, talking about having a party. And Becky's like, no, no party. I'm in charge. Nothing is going to go wrong while I'm in charge. And Brick calls. And so she chases Jodie away. And, and that's Becky's hoping the end of that. But we all know Jodie. It's not going to be the end of it. <laughs> I'm trying to decide. She's 19, but she's 12. Yeah, she is. She's not a mature 19. No. Um, back on the drove, Nick is laughing at how dirty Tess is. It's been five days droving. They're sitting on horseback all day behind a herd of cows, kicking up dust and in the drought. There's just dirt everywhere because there's not even grass to keep it down. And she is... Like, oh, just kill for a shower. They've, they've found a watering hole up ahead. And so, and then she's like, oh, I can I can wash my hair there. And so she tries to hurry the cows up. And Claire's really grumpy about it. She's like, we want them to put on weight. We don't want to hurry them and make them lose it. And Tess goes, oh, is there enough water there to drown my sister? And Nick's just like, oh, that'd be a waste of water. You need to save it for your hair. And <laughs> I love, like, I have to hand it to them. They are so consistent with Nick's, like, dialogue. He always has... Yeah this way of responding to things that is not like divisive. He's not picking one against the other, but he always has your back and has like a way of humorously kind of deflecting it and prioritizing like whatever, because whatever Tess thinks is important is always things that Claire and Alex don't think are important because they're very different people. And Nick's role is consistently like looking at what Tess thinks is important and being like, that is important. And that's why we yeah. love him so much. That <laughs> is why we love him. Hair washing. Yeah. I, I think so. Well, Nick is the kind of guy that they've set up who's inside out. Alex is outside in. Mm-hmm. So you really, I think Alex has a tender heart. You just never see it. Cause he's all bravado and mm-hmm. you know, macho. When you get the make, glimpses, I love it. You love it. Exactly. But Nick is more typically always putting his insides out there. You can tell he's tender. You can tell mm-hmm. he's more the sensitive guy. Um, but coming up on this scene, I got a few comments about this shower scene. <laughs> this is like my favorite scene of this episode. <laughs> I can't wait to, okay, let's just let's just talk about everybody. So Tess is having a shower. It's a bush shower, so there's like a canvas rectangle thing that she's like behind. Still and, a box. <laughs> yeah, like she's in this little box of canvas, so you can see her head and shoulders, and you can see her feet, but that's all. They've rigged up. It's like a bucket. It's got a shower head in the bottom. And so she's having a shower, happy, 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 running out of water. Nick comes and she's like, ah, Nick. And he's like, I brought, he's like, I built the shower. I want to use it. And so she's like, all right, we'll put more water in and go away and then I'll get it and you can have it. And you feel like he's just basically come to have a little look at Tess in the shower. And he does take a little look at her. I just saw it. He's oh, really? The, like, I was talking about He's taller. He's taller than, oh, yeah, than, he's than, reaching the, up than the box. Put it in the, yes. yeah, put it in the top. Yeah. And he misses and spills water on her from the bucket. She jumps. He's still standing there with the bucket raised up and he looks down. I'm like, he so got the full Monty. I'm just saying yeah. he got the full Monty. And then they have a whole conversation and he's still standing there. He's just standing there like, like, Nick, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Off, mate. Yeah. But then she looks down and she's like, ah, I have a leech on my leg. Can I just say this is my personal nightmare growing up? swimming in channels and dams and rivers on the farm. I always dreaded getting a leech. Once I thought I had one on me and I flipped out, it turned out it was a piece of grass. It was fine. (laughs) 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 But I was watching this. I'm like, ah, this is what I always worried about. 
She's got this leech in her leg. And so she like, the canvas must have like a split in it. Well, I guess for her to get out. And so she like pokes her leg out the split and like closes it over the top. So, all, but like, it's really high up her thigh. So she's got like her whole leg out whole there. leg out like, there. Yeah, she, she does. You have to get the leech off. Only look at the part of me with the leech. <laughs> and so he like gets a match and gets the leech off and she's freaking out. And, um, and he's like, it's fine. I only looked at the part. I only looked at the bit with the leech on it. And he's like, as he walks away, he's like, it's a pretty good bit though. <laughs> oh, I laughed at that. <laughs> there is no way he did not see everything in that scene. There's just no way. They didn't, I mean, they kind of nice he did that, but the way she's hanging on to the canvas and the way <laughs> where he's at. And then he stands there the whole time. He's like two inches from the canvas. Mm. There's no way. And even if she's standing against it, there's no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just cur- I'm curious about that scene and also because she does not seem to clue in at all what's happening yeah. here yeah not really that was that was a bit mm. uh, and then we're back at the campfire Tess is still dealing with her shower night has fallen um, and they're talking about how it's been a while since Terry came out on the last drove and they reminisce they say how it was 10 years ago and that's how Terry first met Meg now I liked this because it filled in something I've always wondered about how long with Terry and Meg together for what was their deal because it was never super clear to me um Tess comes back and makes a comment about everyone laughing at her but no one really kind of responds and she looks at Nick and he shakes his head and you realize he hasn't told anybody the story unlike I mean it, the first thing Alex would have done is roll up and be like hey everybody listen to what happened to Tess it was so funny but Nick is more well we've just seen how he's not quite a hundred percent there's limits to his gentlemanliness but yes he was gentleman enough to not come back he he doesn't make fun of Tess that's kind of his thing and that's why she likes him he doesn't make fun of her the way that others do <laughs> so she liked that I think I loved that where he looked yeah. at her and he just kind of shook his head and he just shook his head oh it was super cute wasn't it oh it was so cute he he went <laughs> He was a little down from the shower scene for me, but he went right back up on this mm-hmm. scene. And I love how they've done Tessa's hair. They just left it wild. Mm-hmm. It, so it looks exactly like how your hair would look if you showered outside on That's the cattle it. drive. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, then we go back to drovers. Jody is sneaking into Tessa's room. She's taking Tessa's dress. She sits on Claire's bed and eats chips and Becky walks in and catches her and kicks her out and I'm like this is is this what Jody longs to do when her mother and her bosses are away she just wants to sit in their beds and eat chips now my first reaction is cardinal sin I never eat any kind of food in my bed I can't imagine having crumbs in it this worst case scenario to sit in another person's bed and eat like Doritos what kind of monster is she, Rachel? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Plus, this is something a young teen girl would do. Yeah. Like, yeah. The cat's away. I'm going to go sleep in mom, big sister's bed. Yeah. Who wants and to I'm sleep gonna... in their boss's bed? That's weird. Right. <laughs> like, Or take out their clothes, which we see her going through Tessa's clothes. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I really was kind of confused. This is where I feel like Jody is 19 going on. 13 yeah pretty much but I love her jammies every time we see Jody in jammies they're like flannel with sheep on them or some other kind of like just like 
I, in movies all the time, when you see people in pajamas, they look good. Like they could walk down the street and people might be like, oh, you're in pajamas, but damn, you look good. And I mean, you just, you're sitting there in your own pajamas watching it and you're just like, oh, I need to lift my game. But no, we, we never do. We never do. <laughs> we never do. I look at Jodie in pajamas and I'm like, I'm right there with your sister. This is what we look like. And I'm loving it. Represent. <laughs> Represent. That I look at her and go, that's too much clothing. It's too hot. I'd be roasting if I Oh yeah, something. I did think it looked a bit hot. <laughs> mm, all that thick flannel. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Meanwhile, things are heating up on the drove. Uh, we'll have a look at the configuration of the swags as everyone goes to sleep. All the swags are right next to each other. I'm talking inches apart. You've got Claire and then Tess and then Nick, who are literally like Nick and Tess are so close that if there wasn't, they're close enough that they could have been sleeping in the same bed. There just happens to be like swag, a swag, the canvas of their own individual swags between them. Um, you know what's curious to me about this scene? Mm. She's got the blanket like you think it would, like tucked under her arms. Mm-hmm. He's got the blanket tucked over his shoulders and up under his neck. All you see is his neck. <laughs> it's really a weird look. And then he, of course, her, she says the ground's hurting her back. And so he gets the a shirt or something to put under her back. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have the romantic moment. <laughs> well, he's like, so first she's like pointing at her star. Apparently she has a star. Yes. Did someone give her a star in a previous episode? And I just forgot about it. Did Simon give her a star? Someone gave her I a star. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, that. she's got a star. Listeners, if you know, let us know. Yeah. She starts talking to Claire about it. Claire's asleep. So she starts talking to Nick. Nick's always there to listen to Tess. He's loving it. Um, so she says, thanks for not telling the others about the leech. And she's like, oh, there's sticks under me. And he's like, oh, here, I've got my jacket. And kind of tucks it under her. But, like, no, no one... There is no need to do this. It's so obviously just a ploy to like get as close to her as possible. With one arm, he's like tucking the jacket, but the other arm is like reaching over her body somehow. So, and I don't know what the other that other arm was meant to be doing. He's pulling it through. He's pulling, oh, he's it, pulling through. it through. He's, he's, he's settling like encircled, this shit. and he's just wearing like his blue singlet. So she's like encircled by his muscly arms, and I mean you can see on her face that all of a sudden she's kind of like, "Ooh, what's happening here?" And, but then he just like lays down and goes to sleep. Well, he back. gives her the look. He gives yeah, her the lingering her look like, yeah. hello. And then he tucks the blanket all the way up to his neck again and lays on his side and stares at her. Yeah, yeah, watches her sleep. <laughs> we like looks, she goes to sleep and he just like looks they at her and then night. he shuts his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, they say goodnight. Yeah. It's, it's Nick, not quite as bad. It's as like as a me. subtle flirter. Like he will flirt with her all the time, but he will never actually come, just come out and say anything. So my question is, why not? She's yeah. free. She's not my with the brother. Too. That's apparently not stopping too. you. I'd like so to Nick, throw something at him and say, why, Nick, why? How old are you, brother? Like, do you want to get on with yeah, this? That's it. What are you waiting for, mate? Yes. <laughs> so the next day, Claire's riding. Nick is obviously getting quite sore in the saddle. Um, Tess offers a massage, and he seems pretty happy about that idea. Uh, but then they get distracted. Uh, they find a dead cow or a sick cow. They say the cows have eczema and it's different for cows than humans. It's like they're burning on the inside. They'll die if they're not treated. Now, I mean, I grew up on a dairy farm. I have never heard of this, but the cows they're droving are a different breed to the ones that we had. So I don't know if that's something specific to them or I just, I mean, I don't know everything. I grew up on the farm, but I wasn't paying that much attention, I will admit. So maybe I just haven't heard of it. But anyway, apparently that's a thing. It sounds like they did some research and it was a thing, but I don't know. As we learned in the fox hunt, not everything is accurate. 
not everything is accurate. <laughs> not everything. And so then they need to go to this neighbor. They like need to use his yards. They need to get a vet. Um, and the neighbor's just like, no, you can't use you can't use my yards. He's worried that they're going to bring some disease into his yards, and his cows could get it. I think. But he's like, he doesn't say that, but that's rude. how they act. Yeah, yeah he he's doesn't say rude. it. He's weirdly rude. It felt weird. It felt like you're like, why is this guy being like this? Like, even if you're like, look, I'm sorry, mate, but I, I can't risk it for my own cattle. But he's just like super abrupt for no reason. And I'm, I'm getting sick of characters do this, to be honest. Just be weirdly rude for no reason. It happens a lot. Yes. <laughs> and so then, and Claire, of course, is pretty abrupt. Tess goes in and talks to him. He's got a bit of a weird reaction to her. He seems to like her and she sort of tells a bit of a sub story about how their cows are going to die, even though Claire just told it. And, and he's just straight away, he's like, yep, sure, you can use them. And like, once again, I feel like I'm watching the cop from that other episode again. Like someone just has a brain transplant in three seconds and like the, there might be a little reason for it, but it's not like it's not well motivated. It doesn't really explain why they've got such a different reaction. Did uh, he think she weird. looked like his wife? I thought he was just into her and then later we learn about the wife, but I didn't think anything about her looking like the wife until Tess said it later. Like I did not notice from the photo that that girl looked like Tess. I was just like, oh, there's a woman in a wedding dress or something. Yeah, I think that's why. He kind of has a look on his face. Like, So we learn in this scene that his wife died not long ago and he looks at Tess as if she might remind him of his dead wife. And yeah, so but that doesn't become she, clear till much later. It doesn't come clear till later. And then she kind of, I don't know, uses charm to get him to say yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back at Drovers, Becky's saying that Brick has to stay longer up helping his uncle. So she needs to send him some clothes. She has to leave the farm. Um, Alex comes over. He asks if, his, asks if Tess's mutant llamas are doing their job. I love his disrespect to the alpacas. I find it funny um there's some cute alpaca shots that was great too and and then we go back to where their guys are driving they've got the vet in the yards they're giving shots to the cattle claire's stressing she's telling me she can only afford to lose 10 percent of the cattle otherwise she's going to go under um meanwhile meg and terry have some kind of concoction i think they're treating the eczema with but they're like putting it on each other and they're having like a bit of a fun fight with it it looks like they're flirting um what did you think of this rachel <laughs> She has, well, for, first, when they were, uh, the scene where there's the overnight scene and they're, they're reminiscing, she does have that look on her face, kind of like, Terry, notice me. Like, oh, yes, remember yeah. when we met? Yeah, remember cool that? Back. Yeah, she, she has, she's definitely starting to get that look on her face. And of course, they're eating some very delicious food that Jane, his new girlfriend, made. And so oh, I, I missed that. That's right. Yes. She was sending that food. I was I was thinking that food came from Liz Ryan. I totally missed that it was Jane. Oh, no, it was Jane. It was Jane. Now I get why she had such a dirty look on her face when he loaded it in the ute. That's why. But yeah. I, uh, so Another here we are at food. the other woman's food. <laughs> she's trying to be cool about it because she. I do love this. Is that she knows this is on her. This is what she's oh, yeah. brought on herself. As far as the goop fighting machine, fighting scene yeah. where they're throwing goop whatever fighting. that is on each other. I, I, mean, I wasn't crazy about it, but it's, no. it's cute. It looked a bit forced. Like, I don't think Terry, Terry hasn't seemed to be in a flirting mood with Meg. Watching Meg try and force the flirting is really painful. 
and I don't want right. our eczema medicine all over my face. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that was a little bit like, what are you putting on my face? This yeah. is disgusting. And now we got to go wash it off when we don't really have a bathroom. Yeah, but anyway, um, Tess and Daniel, who's the grumpy neighbor guy, they're talking. Nick is clearly not loving it. I got to say, Nick, jealousy is not a good look on you, mate. You have not said anything to her. Why get grumpy when you haven't done anything? Oh, that drives me crazy. Anyway, he's very passive aggressive. <laughs> um, but meanwhile, we see Alex on, uh, he's riding the motorbike. He walks up to the alpacas. He insults them a bit. They start to run away. And so he jumps. He's like, oh no, I've chased them away. And now the fox will get the sheep. So he jumps the fence and runs to try and chase the alpacas back towards the sheep. Which yeah. That was, was funny. a little bit funny. <laughs> and there's funny. like alpaca music they play every time the alpacas are on. And it almost sounds like, um, oh, I can't remember what it was. I remember thinking it sounded like music from another country. I don't know if it's meant to be where alpacas come from. And I didn't write down what country it was from. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica's been very good in this episode of noticing music. I have, yeah. I really picked up on the music this time. There's other music things I want to comment on. Um. So Tess is thanking Daniel for letting him use the yards. Nick asks if they can camp near the cattle. And Daniel now offers, after being so rude, offers them to have food and his bathroom and different stuff. And Tess is like, yes, I will take a shower. Nick makes some comment about her loving to use other people's bathrooms because we all remember that episode where she goes and showers in his house because the drought's on and drovers had no water. Um, and, and anyway, he is just, he is not happy about them. And so then he's like, well, I can't just let Tess stay with this strange man all alone. So now him and Claire are staying in the house as well. Um, looking very green, Nick. Very, very green. Very green. And there's mm -hmm. a little bit of a more conversation with um, Terry and, um, and, Me and Meg in this scene. I think yes. she actually Meg volunteers them to sleep out and watch the cattle. And Terry's like, we do volunteer. And Meg's like, yeah, it's going to be great. I've got this great food you can have. And then he's kind of like food. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. I did like that. <laughs> that was easy. That was fun. Yeah. Um, so Becky's now going to Kalani to get Brick's clothes. Meanwhile, Jody is clearly preparing to throw a party. She's putting out party food and stuff. We briefly cut back over to Alex, who's really tired from running after the alpacas. Apparently, he's been running for the last, like, three hours that people have been doing stuff at other places. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, he tries to sweet talk them. He doesn't want Tess to kill him for her lambs getting killed. This was actually the one time it, I was saying it's easy to forget that Alex and Tess were ever together. But when he said this line, it made me think it reminded me of it briefly. Um, so that was, I don't know, interesting, you know. He cares what Tess thinks. And they, they are friends now, even though they're not together still. Yes, uh, they and, are. And meanwhile, Becky's getting brick stuff. She walks into his house. She goes in the cupboard, starts pulling out clothes. And then this guy comes in. He's like, you're right. And it's this new guy. He's now doing Brick's job while Brick's away. And he's lived in there. Now, it wasn't like, like, Becky walked in. And obviously, the stuff must have all, I don't know what Brick's stuff looks like. But Becky obviously wouldn't know. Oh, this is someone's stuff who's not Brick. All Brick's stuff has changed. Because he just has all Brick's stuff in a box. But it was like she didn't know that. <laughs> um, anyway, and he like gives her the stuff. There's like a weird vibe. You can tell he wants to flirt with her, but she's like, oh, I'm Brick's girlfriend. Um, but I mean, I had several things here. One, no itinerant farm worker that I've ever seen show up on a farm to do a couple of hours casual work has ever been as good looking as that guy. <laughs> can I just say, everybody, don't think that's what's going on on Australian farms. <laughs> 
yeah he was kind of fun yep yep way too way too pretty looking um and what's with i don't know i'm just getting like a heavy flirt vibe from him and that's backed up later with some other stuff but i'll talk about it was and And also in the meantime jody is setting up for the pate oh she is so that was uh, before we we saw the uh, scene at the at the bunkhouse Mm -hmm. meanwhile claire is at the yard she's still stressing she says i think i can do 20 so she can lose 20 percent of the herd before she goes broke and nick is like please stop killing the cattle before they're dead oh no they're not at the yards they're in the house when they're saying this they're waiting daniel's like serving dinner but I love Nick's reaction here. Like he knows what's going on in Claire's mind and he's, he knows her well enough that he can be exasperated. And he's like, would you stop it? Like we have some margin. She's like, you have margin, you know, you can afford to lose some. He's like, no, I don't. We're in the same boat. I'm just not going to think about it before it happens. So I like that he's giving Claire like a little bit of straight talk, but then he slips straight back into a bit of jealousy when Tess comes out. She's clearly enjoyed Daniel's bathroom and Nick's very jealous there's all of a sudden a weird evil music vibe. This is the music I want to talk about. <laughs> it's like before, like Nick's kind of giving Daniel the stink eye for daring let Tess take a shower in his house. But you're getting real like evil music while he's doing it. And all of a sudden you're like, is someone about to pull out a knife? Like what's, what's going on here? And then the boys compare the sizes of their farms and their cattle in a very obvious who's bigger than who competition. And uh, it's pretty blatantly embarrassing really <laughs> yeah i was trying to listen to some of the music here on the episode <laughs> the food looks great by the way the food does look great and they all keep commenting on how like he's got multiple you're like there's no way this guy has cooked all this food he's got like multiple different dishes he doesn't seem to be quite sure what's in them and i actually like this little detail because you pick up that something is odd here he hasn't made it but you don't get the explanation yet but when you do it makes a lot of sense yeah, they have a little competition between Daniel and Nick over how much land each one of them owns. Yeah, yeah. One's got 3,000, <laughs> one's got 4,000. One's got 300 head, the other one's got 400 head. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, not a good look, Nick. Not a good look. Uh, but Claire, well, right, she's... Because he's not said anything. He's not said anything to no, Claire. No, I mean, to test. No, right, no right to be jealous. She owes him nothing. Um, Claire is freaking out. She goes out and sleeps next to the cows. Um, Meanwhile, Alex briefly shows up at the new guy's place, like in Brick's old house, um, asks him about alpacas because he's trying to figure out how to lure the alpacas back. He's like, do you know what alpacas eat? And he's like, Clay doesn't have alpacas, does it? He's like, oh, no, I'm thinking about diversifying, you know, blah, 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 blah. Throws out some big words. And he's like, bull crap. Nice try, Alex. But the new guy asked if Brick has a girlfriend. And at first I'm like, oh, is he checking that, you know, some random pretty woman didn't just come in and steal a box of stuff and wasn't actually a girlfriend. But then he's like, yeah, he did. And then he goes, was it serious? Like, dude. And Alex is like, yeah, for Brick's side it was. Like, mate, what a question to ask. Listen, let me just ask my new boss. Is your old employee serious about his girlfriend or is he not too serious and I can just steal her while he's away? Like, what is going on here? I don't like this guy. No one... No one needs to become between Brick and Becky. Uh, I agree. I'm wondering where this is going to go. Yeah, it's just, I think I don't like it because it's making me nervous where they're going to take it because I don't think Brick's going to let anything come between him and Becky. And I would not have thought that Becky would either. But if she wouldn't, then why set this guy up? I'm just like, don't tell me Becky's going to do something stupid that makes no sense. Please don't do that to me. Well. Nothing happened this episode. That's, this is the end of it. This, episode. this is the end of it, right. Yeah. But as we've seen, <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see we'll see 
We'll Nothing happens next episode either. I don't know, setting up long game here. Um, but now Becky gets home and there's a party going on. Now I had some comments about this party, first of all, before we even get to her reaction to it. I felt like this party looked like, because you got that stereotypical like college party you see in American movies and there's people making out, there's people in the rooms, there's beer kegs everywhere, da 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 raging vibe. That's, I don't, and it feels like they took that and they put that in the house at Grover's and tried to say the same thing's happening here. A couple things. None of these guys are underage drinking because in Australia the legal drinking age is 18. So it's not the kind of like, you know, you kind of get that feel, oh, everybody's being so naughty at these American parties. They're drinking underage. Da, da, da. Here it's just, that's just legal drinking. That's just normal drinking. <laughs> right. That's um, what we do all the time. Yeah. So like, and no one said it was legal or anything, but it's just like, you know, uh, the way they had kind of had that people are dancing, some people making out in the corner. I'm like, I just don't buy that in a place that's two hours out of town. For starters, there's this many young people who have come at short notice. Like, I agree, I guess there's if a she lot had of good people. Networks, yeah, she could pull people in. But also, like, I think they'd be sitting around in camp chairs. They'd be drinking. They'd be probably being stupid or doing some different things. But, like, the dancing, the fact they're kind of dressed up, the making out, like, ah, oh, I just... I didn't think that's how an Aussie farmhouse party's really going to go. That actually feels more like a an American teenage party. It really felt Not like an even, American It wouldn't even party. be like yeah. a college party. It, it could be a college party that would be going on in a frat house or something. Mm. But it did look a little bit, now that you talk about it, it did seem a little bit odd. Like, where did all the people come from? And then... Yeah. Then mm-hmm. Becky comes in wielding the rifle yeah, to get yeah. him out of there. I'm like, like, oh, no. I think if this party really happened, they would have a bonfire outside. Everybody would be sitting in camp chairs. They'd be drinking their beers. They'll be, maybe they've got the guns out and they're shooting possums or something. Or they're doing yeah. stupid stuff on the bikes. Or yeah. they're swimming in the dam naked at midnight or something like that. But like, so stuff that's like the kind of stuff that you would do at a party on a farm is, yeah, just like, what, what are they making out in the corner like ah, that did feel a little american american <laughs> yeah movie-ish. yeah it did um it. and becky which, how did she take this rachel sum up becky's reaction for us <laughs> a little violent <laughs> a little but just you know, get out and everyone ignores her yeah um, by the way i want to say the music that they were dancing to reminds me of like 60s and 70s television show when they probably didn't have license to play pop yes, music. Yes, it was like so very kind generic. Of, <laughs> very generic, like you know, like guitar screaming music that it, it reminded me like you'd see that on an episode of Brady Bunch or something like yeah. Marsha had a party and that was the music they were playing. Um, but Becky's trying to be responsible and we're going to find out later mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. she has this really strong reaction because she's trying to be responsible and yeah. clearly jody is not yeah well they ignore her instruction to leave she disappears for a minute and then she comes back and she's got the gun and she's like everybody get out and they're like holy crap and they all leave i'm like whoa becky we just went to a dark place and like that's not addressed again in the episode jody's mad that she kicked everyone out but she's not mad that she did it with a gun like that's a, a gun very point serious and in 2002 it was a very serious offense to get a gun and threaten a party full of people with it you're going to jail for that in australia 
Um, maybe not in that America. An, I don't know the deal. That would be in a very American it. thing to do. I would it say that would be a very American thing to do. Yeah. In Australia, it doesn't <laughs> not today, if you but on your property without your permission, you can't just get your gun and threaten to shoot them. It's not okay. I think that's something you would see in an American movie. It's not something that people do. At least the yeah. average American doesn't do oh. that. I hope um, so. It is a is it is it an offense to point a gun randomly in a room full of people, yeah. but uh, you would see that in a movie. Mm-hmm. I would say that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me clarify that. You wouldn't see that as, as an average citizen. I wouldn't clear a room with a gun, but you would probably see that in an American movie. Yeah. Now I do have to say in my notes here, I actually wrote "ha ha love it" because while I did think it was wildly unrealistic and a huge overreaction, I did love Becky just taking charge and not taking this crap. That was satisfying to see (laughs) but it's a little frustrating watching jody oh yeah she's annoying this episode and you know i love the actress she's beautiful she's she does a good job oh she's nailing the character she's nailing the character but i think i keep thinking why don't they give her something real to sink her teeth into why don't we give her and we're going to talk about this soon a real boyfriend (laughs) moving (laughs) on a great segue the first thing Jody does is pick up the phone and ring Craig and say hey do you know the back way into Drovers and you're like okay I don't really know what the plan is here but let's see and I mean Craig if you remember we see him every now and then he, he's popped up in a number of different episodes he's interested in Jody. they've gone on a couple dates I've been wondering lately if they were still dating or what was going on because we haven't heard from yeah. him in a while um but yeah last we heard like they'd gone and seen a couple movies together and we were laughing because we were like where there's no cinema for hours and hours and hours <laughs> Apparently they've seen some movies. Um, but anyway, we go back to where they're driving now. Uh, Tess is wondering aloud to Nick why Daniel's not married. She says maybe he's gay. I get the feeling Nick would, Nick would love it if that was true. Um, but then yeah. she's like, oh, but why would, you know, why wouldn't he be married? He's, he's got his own business. He's got his own house. He's got a shower with a big water tank. And I loved that that like ranked equally with has his own business. She was like, what, what Tess wants in a man is a man with an excellent shower. She's very attracted to showers. Well, that's, that's very Tess. I think that the city girl, the city girl. It was great. Um, And then Daniel comes in and he's like, Oh, Nick, you can go check the cattle. Can't you? And so Nick has to go and leave in the house and he's not happy about it. Um, and then we go back and, oh, can this scene, <laughs> we were talking about this scene before. Oh, man, this is the one with Jody. She's, like, dressing up. Now, Rachel and I were both saying before we started this, we thought this scene was a dream sequence because, yeah. like, how do I even describe? The music was really dramatic all of a sudden. Jody's getting really dressed up. You see this man in black leather right up. I thought... This is either a dream sequence or Jody thinks this is Craig and is ready to be all romantic. And then the guy's going to pull off his helmet. And I seriously thought it was going to be Alex coming to say something about the sheep or the alpacas. And she'd be all let down and be funny. Ha ha. She was about to, you know, jump on, on Craig and make out with him, but it was Alex. Um, but no, <laughs> this bike rider drives up. Jody's standing there at the front. He's wearing all black leather. He pulls off his helmet and it's Craig, not only skinny little blonde Craig, who you just can't, it doesn't matter how much black leather you put on him, he's not going to look tough. I don't know why they went with the black leather look. It looked so out of place on that guy. And he has since, we last time, he used to have like this short sort of neat blonde hair. Now it's this long, messy mop, like what you yeah. really saw yeah. in like 2007, like this early Zac Efron, early Justin Bieber hair 
but like five years before anyone had heard of either of those people um I didn't get <laughs> I was like oh no what's he going and done to his hair it made him look more ridiculous in the leather and then he like walks up and I even wrote here like dramatic music what the hell is happening and he just walks up grabs Jody and they start this passionate makeout scene and this is where I'm, I wrote imagination three question marks because it just looked like it looks so out of place. <laughs> I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. And also there's this wind on Jody's hair. Like there's yeah. wind nowhere else. Her hair is blowing. <laughs> he gets off. He rips off his helmet, shakes his hair in place. And his hair's not blowing, but her hair is blowing. And yeah. then he grabs her in the bent backward kiss. I'm thinking she's going to wake up from a dream. She's going to wake uh-huh. up on... Claire's bed oh with a start and uh-huh. nope nope I think that, it was the real thing that was what really happened and I mean there's like I love the tv show Chuck and there are definitely times in Chuck where you know Sarah walks into the shop and he's watching her walk in and it shows you know her hair's blowing she's doing a slow-mo walk it's a really sexy walk but then it'll cut to she's just walking in normally and you realize that what you just saw what was what Chuck was seeing in his head it's how he's feeling but it's right. not it's what's how, actually yeah. happening it's very clear the line between imagination and reality this there was no line <laughs> I don't know what was going on this was the real deal I guess this was the real deal and it was just very out of place um meanwhile we go back to Daniel's place Tess is snooping around his kitchen she makes a comment about the cooking and he says well it was the neighbors cooking and I'm like how do you get the neighbors to cook for him and then she sees this picture of him and his wife on the fridge and she's like oh how did you get the neighbors to cook for you and he says oh you lose your wife and she goes oh she had an aneurysm six weeks ago. You know, she's very empathetic to him. She asks if he's talked to a counsellor. She puts her hand on his arm to comfort him. Nick walks in behind them. Nick gets the wrong idea. Like I literally wrote here, Nick comes in, Nick wrong idea. Nick's such a wuss because he just gets this look on his face like, oh, Tess is gone for this guy. Well, mate, that's what happens when you don't tell people if you like them. They go for the available, rich, good-looking men who live nearby. That's what happens. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. I think they show us a close-up of the picture of his wife, and I think it's close enough to Tess. Yeah, I did what, not. That's why he that softened so much. Mm. Yeah. I was looking at my phone a lot because I was like trying to make notes and trying to get autocorrect to not screw them up. So I was. I feel like I missed a couple little details like that. But yeah, I totally miss what she looked like. Um, but meanwhile, oh, this is another one of my favorite scenes of this episode. Guys, I gotta say, I really enjoyed this episode. This this had some good stuff in it. Um, Megan Terry have one of, I think, the most honest conversation I've seen from Meg in the show so far. Um, they or the most really not from Meg, from Terry. This is the most honest thing from Terry. Terry says um that they, they talk about how I've got Terry says. I think it's Meg says, I said, I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, Meg is saying to Terry, like, hey, I said, I'm sorry. And the clear implication here is like, I've said, I'm sorry. Why won't you take me back? And I was like, Meg, that is such an entitled attitude. Like, you can't just cheat on someone and say, oh, sorry. And then expect that they then have, they're then obligated to take you back. That is just insane. (laughs) So she starts out, they're sitting by the campfire. She says, I missed you. Yeah. And he doesn't. And then she said, why can't you forgive me? I think he says, Mm -hmm. I miss you. I'm reading the closed caption. Why can't you forgive me for one stupid stupid thing? 
Mm-hmm. He says, we always said what we had was just convenient. Right. Mm-hmm. So then we were thought we were comfortable together. No strings attached, which is really mm-hmm. what we saw in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, deep down there for me, he says there are strings. Mm-hmm. And then. Oh, then he, he says, still wonders. You used me. And she goes, no. And he's like, yes. He goes, I love you. I have since the first. I always will. And she's like, so what's the problem? You're not serious with Jane. And she, and he's like, I am serious with Jane because she doesn't treat me like she's looking for something better. And I was like, mic drop Terry. <laughs> yeah, he says that he's always loved her since that first drive that they were on together. And he says, I always will. And so then she says, so, you know, why can't we get together? And he goes, because Jane doesn't always look like she's looking for someone better. Mm-hmm. That was... Oh, that's one of the best moments of the show so far. And Meg's face is priceless. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's she so did good. a great job nailing the expression. Mm-hmm. And I still don't oh. think she's learned her lesson. I think no. that it's going to take a while longer. Like, I still don't think she has comprehended how she treated Terry. I don't think so either, because we don't know why she was treating him that way. So yeah. it was, and because was she, she was... waiting for Kevin to come back? Or was she still hurt from Kevin? Or is it Jack? Yeah, because we and know she, she the way she was so Jack. entitled in like saying like I've said I'm sorry. Why won't you come back to me? Like yeah, if it was just a casual hookup, maybe maybe that would be sort of more justified. But I think it's just more proof that she has that she has no idea what she's done wrong. And oh my gosh, Meg. But oh Terry, you legend, mate. Well done. <laughs> well done, mate. Well done. <laughs> oh, Working on my man. Australian accent. <laughs> Now we're oh now we're back to drovers. We're watching some crazy. The dream sequence continues. Oh. The dream sequence continues. Oh my goodness, Becky bursts in. And I'm like, and so not only are Craig and Jody making out, they're making out in Claire's bedroom. Jody, why don't you take him back to your room in your house? Like, this girl has some sick fascination with Claire's room, and I don't understand why. But um, anyway, Becky bursts in. Um, chases Craig away sort of temporarily. He's like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. The girls have a conversation. Jody's like, you just missed Brick and you're trying to ruin my chance for anything. And then Becky goes out. She talks to Craig. She's like, if you lay a finger on her while her mother's away, you can say goodbye to your bits. <laughs> and right. that has an impact on Craig. He does not want that to happen. And so he goes back and says something about Jody about respecting her and then leaves. And Yeah. <laughs> what did you make that was again a weird scene I, I agree with you and uh, one of the things becky says is if you're going to do this do it when meg's here and claire's here yeah. why are you doing it behind your back you're trying to be all oh, the big girl and the adult but you're pulling this like you're not like you're mm-hmm. some kind of errant teenager and Making but becky's around. taking her job of being in, left in charge really seriously mm. and possibly even like i get that she wants to look out for jody and i think that's good but she's definitely, she doesn't believe in a light touch when it comes to interfering. Other people's love lives, like she's, she's getting involved and Jodie has no say in it. No, she has no say. There's no live and let live with Becky. <laughs> but hey, I think, I think Jodie might come to appreciate that sometimes. Um, so meanwhile, back at, uh, back at the driving, Tess finds Terry. He's sleeping on his own, the swag. Meg's sleeping in the ute. Um, Tess goes and finds a swag it's near Nick but it's not as close as it was last night they're kind of like a few feet away she's facing the other way um, 
Nick says something about, oh, women love a man of mystery. And she's like, something's bothering you, Nick. Why do you have this competition? I think it's stupid. And they both just like go to sleep. Again, Nick says nothing. <laughs> and the yeah, next I don't day, know why he's so silent. Yes. Why is he so silent? I don't know. I think if we knew, it wouldn't frustrate us so much because we might be like, oh, I don't agree with it, but I get why he's doing it. But the not knowing is just driving me crazy. For the next day, the vet comes. The cows are saved. Yay. Uh, Tessa's goodbye to Daniel. Did you notice the view of the farm behind Daniel as they're standing on his veranda talking? That farm's got a gorgeous view of the valley around it. That's a beautiful homestead. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it now. Beautiful. That was a beautiful house. Mm -hmm. The house was beautiful. The whole setting there was beautiful. This is a flash place. Um. And they're, they're talking about, you know, she's saying she hopes last their conversation last night didn't make things worse for him. And he says, no, it would have been worse if he'd never met his wife. You know, what's a life without love? And she's like, oh, well, that's my life, you know. And he goes, what about Nick? And she's like, oh, no, no, we're not together. And then he's, and she goes to leave and he stops her and he's like, hey, don't miss your chance at love. And I was like, how many Australian farmers stop strange women from leaving and say, don't miss your chance at love? <laughs> <sighs> I mean, maybe this guy, maybe he's a poet and a farmer. I mean, he's breaking stereotypes, but. <laughs> so you guys know we're writers and we run into this situation. Like who's going to say what to who? Well, it's not easy. Could I'm you wrestling have to that in my book right now. I'm like, oh, right. does he actually say this? I don't know. Would a guy who, say who's going to say what to who? So if Rachel was writing this book, because this is Rachel talking, um, I would have circled back around to Meg because hmm. Meg is feeling this and she knows Tess. They have a relationship. We could have had Meg notice there's a little something, something going on hmm. either with the, Yeah. And for some reason, Meg and Terry didn't have dinner inside the house, but no, we could have noticed something that was weird. We could have had something in, with, um, with notice something with Daniel or since they weren't there with Nick you could have had Meg have some kind of look on her face. Tess could have said, what's wrong with you? And she could have said something. You know, if you have a chance with love, don't mess it up. Mm. Because later she says that to Jody, But yeah, they should have gotten rid of that bit with Jody. But that would have been right on the money here for yeah, her after that. Because mm. I still think the conversation with the rancher, what he said is good. Going as personal as he did. I see why they did it where they did it. And listen, when you film things, you got to put in all the juice wherever the juice fits. I get that because it's expensive to rearrange scenes and stuff. But it would have been fun to see Meg say something like that because Meg is now feeling the brunt of her silliness. Mm, Yeah. Back home now, Alex is camped next to the sheep and it's not the flash camp the others have got set up. He's got one thin little looking swag, doesn't look comfortable. He's just flopped on top of it. I don't think he's even in it. He's like face down next to the bike. Yeah, it's <laughs> like he passed out. <laughs> it does. It's a, I wrote here, pathetic camp. He's got a little fire that's still smoking um, and, the, and the alpacas come back and he's happy that they're back. Jody and Becky walk up and they find him. He, he must have slept in a lot. Like usually, you know, if you're camping outside just in the ground, you'd probably wake up when the sun came up. But anyway, the girls are out riding. They find him just woken up. There's a weird, I wrote weird comedy vibe because like I said, they've played this alpaca music every time they play the alpacas. And I felt like they were trying to play Alex for a bit more comedy. I wasn't sure that it was quite working. And they kind of do this, 
again a bit more now and I think we're going to see it again later too but anyway I thought that was a bit it felt like a change of tone to how we normally see Alex's character yeah there was even when he when they were driving up and he jumps up and he starts flailing his yeah. blanket around Just like what like what are you doing are what's you going doing? on here I don't understand what we're doing yeah, yeah. it was cute I, I I I agree with you they're trying to go for a little bit of comedy and and I think it worked uh, Jody confronts Becky. Um, she's like, you've interfered way too much, which, yeah, she, she really did push the line there. Um, Becky says she was left in charge, you know, the loser who can't read properly, and you did everything in your power to prove that I would suck at this. And that's when Jody kind of sees it from Becky's point of view, you know, yeah. and, and then they kind of, like, reconcile. And I like that. I like, I really like that. I like that Becky, you know, She's not over her insecurities instantly. It's something she's going to wrestle with for a long time. And that's realistic. So it's good. But then they make it back with the cows. They're back home. The cows have eaten. They have full tummies. They don't have eczema anymore. Claire is happy with Becky's job that she's done while she's away. Um, Meg and Terry are sort of unloading things. And Meg tries to say something to Terry. And he's like, look, I think we've said everything that needs to be said. I'm like, Terry, you're the man. Stand up to her. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. She, bring her back to reality. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Um, and then Craig drives up on his bike again. They have like a quick interaction, but he kind of really quickly back, like he's showing that he wants to show up when Meg's there. And that, and so Becky kind of like gives him a little nod, like, Hmm, look at that. You met, you met my criteria. Um, but then he kind of like, freaks out and says okay i'll catch you later doesn't he live in town like two hours away has he yeah i think he does i don't know that he lives anywhere else yeah he's come back in this morning and now he's be there for three seconds and leave again like i don't know that would be me like driving over to the other side of orlando today tomorrow morning tomorrow which would never happen unless i absolutely had to yeah oh and i mean and then meg reacts in a way that really surprised everyone she's like she's not like get out of here, blah, blah, blah. She, she says to Jody, do you really like him? Because um, if you do, then treat him right. And you feel like, ah, Terry's message, it's finally starting to sink in. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Alex, meanwhile, has gotten some alpaca pellets. Tess catches him trying to feed them to the alpacas, lure them back. And she's like, please leave my alpacas alone. And then she's like, what's behind your back? And he goes, it's breakfast. And he eats some. And then when she turns away, he spits it he out. He spits them out. That was cute. That was really funny. I, I did enjoy that. <laughs> um, and then Claire, and like earlier, Becky said to Jody, like, you did clean Claire's room, didn't you? And she's like, yes, like, you've checked with me like three times. And Claire comes straight out and she's like, who's been sleeping in my room? And, you know, Becky punches Jody and Jody's like, I cleaned it twice. And Claire's like, I knew someone had been there. It was too clean. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really cute. That was I like funny. that. And then Tess realizes Nick's gone. She's upset. He didn't say goodbye. So she goes over there and so she's like, oh, I want to say thank you for the shower and stuff. And, you know, it was, it was so much fun getting out in there, driving, seeing the countryside. And he's like, oh, yeah, and meeting tall, dark strangers. So passive aggressive, Nick. And Tess is like, uh, his wife just died and she looked like me. And then Nick's kind of like, you see in his face, he's like, oh, I'm an idiot. And then he's like, oh, well, I've got to go to Drovis tomorrow to like do some cattle. And she's kind of like, oh, well, you know, you might need some help. And he's like, yep. And he like opens the car door for her. And, yes, he does. And there's like this so sweet. lingering. Yeah, it was sweet. This lingering look as he says goodbye. And I thought he might have been about to kiss her, but then they just like, just like goodbye. And she drives off and, and that's the end. 
I love this episode. I I do love the drama, even though we like to nitpick you guys. We love the yeah. drama of the show. And I, I, I'm really curious about the hesitation between Tess and Nick and seeing mm-hmm. where that's going to, that's going to go throughout the rest of the season, but really cute. And I do wish Jody would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I gotta She's say, fine. we've been playing the She's same fine. note with Jody for a long time now. I mean, we're halfway through season two and we haven't seen many different dimensions to her. Um, we've seen a we little not, bit with yeah. the dad stuff, but we don't, you know, she's kind of doing the same thing again and again. So it will be nice. And I know, I mean, Jodie's in this show for a long time, maybe even all nine seasons. I don't know if she was, because a lot of the characters aren't in it by the very end because it went for a long time. But um, I know Jodie's in it a lot. So I'm sure that they end up doing bucket loads with her character, but just, I'm looking forward to getting to that point. <laughs> Me too. Let's yeah. go. But I am loving, I'm loving the Nick and Tess stuff. Like I really like how much Nick and Tess there was in this episode and um. And I like the driving stuff. And I like the alpacas. The alpacas are cute. They can stay. I hope we keep getting more alpaca shots. We do next episode. I can't wait to wear that again. We do. I have a funny story about that. <laughs> we get there. Cool. Actually, there's so much good drama, like more great Nick and Tess stuff, some fabulous Claire drama. Like next, this next episode is going to be exciting. One, so tune back in, everybody. Um, so in the meantime, if people want to catch up with you online, Rachel, check out your books, find out more. Where can you find you? Uh, just go to my website, rachelhalk.com. And you can find me, Rachel Halk, that's H-A-U-C-K, on all my social media. Mm-hmm. Love if you would to like hear from you. Yes. And if you want to interact with the podcast, you can find us at McLeod's Pod on Facebook and Instagram. And if you've got McLeod's pictures, I've got to say, Rachel and I, we're very busy with our books. So we don't, we don't have a lot of time to like, sometimes I like to like grab some photos of McLeod's and put them up. I don't always have time to do that. Um, so if people want to like tag us in pictures you have on McLeod, We'd love to like share some things, Absolutely. different stuff. Please do some of our work for us. <laughs> I am going to try and get join the more. team. Join get the team. More. Join yeah. the McLeod's data team. I'm going to try and get some more pictures and start posting them of the show again because they are. I do like doing that, but it's a bit difficult sometimes. So anyway, come hang out with us online, and uh, if you want to find out anything about me or my romantic comedies uh, which also you know there's one called Girls Girls the Outback, Aussie Farm Stuff lots in common with the Cloud's Daughters you can find me at Jessica Kate Writing on Instagram, Facebook JessicaKateWriting.com, got some free short romances, lots of fun stuff and as always please share the podcast with like people usually watch McLeod's in herds like it'll be groups of friends who talked about it every week or families so if you know people who also love the Cloud's Daughters, share the podcast with them, share the love we would appreciate it. Yes, we would. And come back and listen with us next episode. Bye-bye, everybody. Good night, everyone. Hey, guys. Just wanted to say a quick thank you to composer Bobby Abbott for our theme song. If you want to check out more about him, then you can go to Bobby Abbott Music on Facebook, and that's Abbott with two Bs and two Ts. See you all next time.